unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Hey, welcome into it. It is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. What's up? Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's another Saturday morning, and it's a big one at that. We have so much to talk about this morning, it's not even funny. So much going on here in the state of Kansas and beyond. We'll cover it all right here on the program. Welcome into it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today as well. We have some legislative updates from Topeka as the legislative session 2023 rolls along. Also, this weekend, if you have not heard, is the state Republican convention. Why are we so loud here? That's kind of weird. Hold on here. For some reason, our major, our live stream on our Facebook seems to be just blasting, man. And I don't know why. Probably helps if I turn that down a little bit. All right, there we go. Welcome <laughs> welcome in. We're getting everything all ready for a Saturday morning. It's the first thing. We're trying to get up and moving. It's okay. Welcome in. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we have Elizabeth Patton with Americans for Prosperity. She is the state director for Americans for Prosperity. We'll talk about some of the tax bills going on in the state right now. We'll talk about that flat tax that we talked with with Alan Cobb from the Kansas Chamber of Commerce last week. Get her thoughts on that. The state budget, the record amount of money coming into the state right now as well, and how are we doing it moving forward, trying to potentially cut taxes in the state. Also, bottom of the hour next hour, we'll talk with Frank Lucas. He's the congressman for the 3rd District of Oklahoma as we go south of the border and play, uh, see what he's has to say about some of the stuff going on in Washington, D.C. So have that. We have some other bills we want to discuss, get your thoughts on as well. Obviously, it's a big weekend. It is Valentine's weekend. So happy Valentine's to all those Valentines out there. And uh, well, I'd love to hear what you're doing for your Valentine's weekend. Also, there's a, a particular sporting event, I think, coming up tomorrow. I'm not quite sure. Haven't paid attention to it in a while. But nonetheless, <laughs> it is there. And I want to get your thoughts because obviously having the hometown team uh, being able to perform in the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs, I want your predictions on whether you think they're going to win or not and if you're going to watch the game. Now, I have not watched a football game in a very long time. I plan on watching it tomorrow. I'm curious to see the commercials because they're usually supposed to be entertaining, at least. The last few years, they've not been because they've been pretty boring. But there's been a lot of money apparently sunk into this year's Super Bowl. And are you planning on watching with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles? I also want to tie it into some of the sports gambling that we have here in the state of Kansas and nationwide. Are you aware that nationwide, 50 million Americans are putting in near $16 billion, that's with a B, $16 billion in sports gambling just for the Super Bowl. That's pretty insane, so we'll get to that here in just a little bit as well. Uh, we have some other legislation coming up in Topeka with, uh, speaking of gambling and addiction issues and things that the government or people don't want you to do, uh, it sounds like we're going down that road of 
uh, moral regulation in the state, and I'm very concerned about that. So we'll talk about that coming up on the program uh, throughout as well. Before we go to anything, though, uh, I do want to give you just a quick headline uh, regarding what's going on up in Alaska because this is getting to be more weird as we go along. And, yes, I will be the first one to say we're going to put on the tinfoil conspiratorial hat for a second, and we're going to go there because that's just what I do, and you know that I'm a bit of a dork that way, so it's okay. We're going to go weird. Weird news of the day. So, all right, so for those that don't know the headlines, according to NBC News right now, the U.S. government has shot down a, quote, high-altitude object. Didn't say what it was. A high-altitude object over Alaska airspaces. The object was flying 40,000 feet above the ground, posing a, quote, reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight, according to the National Security Council. Now, we don't know what this is. They say it's the size of a car. Much uh, significantly smaller than the balloon that we shot down from China after it had completed its mission and it got into the ocean. Then we shoot it down and now we're still trying to recover it. And the Chinese government's asking us, hey, can we uh, turn this over back to them, please, because we really want it back. So this is not like that. This is an object. They don't know what it is. It's the size of a car that was floating 40,000 feet up in the air, that was not a balloon, and they say it came from the north as well. There's nothing farther north than Alaska, as far as I'm aware. That's the Arctic, right? Is that the Arctic or the Antarctic? The Antarctic's down below, so that would be the Arctic. So there's nothing up there that was flying 40,000 feet up, which is right about the same level that airplanes fly, is from what I understand, for some of the airplanes at least, and they posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. So I'm curious on what this is. Yes, I'm going to go there and say that it's potentially a UFO, right? Weird news of the day. (laughs) Could be wrong. Maybe it's just a really large drone, but it's kind of weird that we shoot it down. First off, as soon as it gets into the airways, because obviously it was right in that same pathway as the uh, planes, but they didn't even give it a chance to sit there and float around for a while. So I'm going to throw it out there. Just saying and saying it's a UFO that we shot down. They're not giving us any other information as they go to do the recovery mode, which should be happening right now because it happened over a day ago. So I'm curious on what this thing is. All they say is it's a high altitude object. Just throwing it out there, saying it's a UFO. <laughs> That's my take on that. We'll get some more. If there's any more information on it, then we'll break that down as the show goes along here. I want to bring it back to the state of Kansas, though. The big game. Coming up tomorrow, the big Super Bowl, Super Bowl, what, 57, 57, I believe, as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you going to watch the game? Are you planning on watching the game? And what's your prediction of the game? Are you putting money on the game now that sports gambling is legal here in the state? As some say, according to headlines that we've seen, that sports gambling is now going to be the new, quote-unquote, opioid crises in the nation with so many individuals putting money on games and gambling that it's going to be an addiction beyond anything else that we've seen. And we're going to have to create all these different addiction centers and we're going to have to create all these different government programs to try and help individuals work through their addiction habits. And I ask you, is it the government's duty both either with a program to help the rehabilitation or even to just ban it outright, as now 36 states in the nation have legalized sports gambling in the nation, including here in the state of Kansas as of August of last year. Is it the government's duty to protect you from your habits because of someone's inability for self-control? Is it, well, you know, you're going to gamble too much, you're going to be in a financial 
harm. You're going to be in a financial difficult situation. You're going to be struggling because you're gambling too much money. Therefore, we shouldn't allow it in the first place to protect you. Is that the government's role to protect you from yourself? Or is it the more hands-off, laissez-faire approach of, you know what, um, maybe you should learn some self-control. And, you know, if you do end up getting yourself in trouble, then <laughs> too bad, so sad, that's your own damn fault because you maybe you should had, should not have gone that far with what you've done. Uh, Obviously, people have addiction issues. In society today, we love to push that endorphin button to release those endorphins to feel really, really good because we always love that instant gratification. But we've been trained to do that with social media, with the interweb, with instant gratification, with everything at our fingertips right now for anything that we want. We've created that scenario in society to allow us to be in that situation instead of having that uh, self-control mode being pushed on here. So I ask you kind of the philosophical question in the morning, is it the government's role to be regulating sports gambling, to be censoring or controlling sports gambling, or to be spending massive amounts of money on rehabilitation because of sports gambling? That's going to be the new addiction in the quote-unquote opioid crises in the nation. I want your thoughts on that. Plus, I want just general fun conversation regarding the Super Bowl as well. So let's go right to it this morning, shall we? Phones are lit up 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join in to the show on a Saturday morning, line number one. Good morning, who's this? Hey, fight the power, Andy. Mr. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. You know, the only problem is, is that um, I was out flying my remote control uh, uh, biplane Sopwith Camel mm. that I got for Christmas, and um, the Air Force shot it down. Hey, well, you know what? Uh, there you go. You take my entire UFO theory away then. <laughs> I don't. It was a UFO, all right. I don't. You know, I was thinking about that as soon as I heard. You know, they shot down something over Alaska, and it said it was a far northern Alaska, and it was moving northeast. Yeah, it's very strange, and it came from the north as well. There's nothing farther north, as far as I'm aware, that's up there, so I don't know where it came from or where it was going. But, now, okay, now, again, put on the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory for a second, that there are rumors that there are ETs and UFOs that live in the Arctics because no humans live there and those places are off limits essentially and that's where they inhabit themselves so if it did come from there then that just strengthens that argument i think now there's scientists up there from <laughs> the united states and i don't know where else you know weather station you know um that's but, what they tell you sean that's what they tell. do you really believe uh-huh. the government do you really believe what they say up there saying it's a research facility come on man Have you ever seen the movie Ice Station Zebra? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should. Maybe I what should. What about uh, Firefox with uh, Clint Eastwood? I have not seen that one either. No, I need, apparently I need to watch some of those. What's your What's your thoughts on the Super Bowl coming up? Are you going to watch it? Are you going to put put any money on it? Uh, well, you're darn tootin' I'm going to watch it, and I love the Chiefs. All I right. didn't used to be a Chiefs fan until uh, Mahomes and, and Kelsey – you know, taking them to the Super Bowl three out of four times the last four years, I think. Sure. So, but no, I don't bet on games. I've never bet on a football game, and I doubt I ever will. And if I did, it, you know, it'd probably be a five, ten dollar bet between me and one of my brothers. But there you uh, go. I, there you go. 
but uh, <clears throat> and I never, I never make a uh, prediction on uh, point spreads either. Uh, yeah, I can't do that. I, if I placed a bet on it, which I may do for this game, just for giggles, I I don't know even how point spreads work. I'm just going to say this team is going to win, and that's about as far as I'm going to go. Yeah, because all all it takes to win a game is just have one point more than your opponent you won. So, oh, it's going to be the uh, Eagles by seven, or it's going to be the Chiefs by three in overtime. No, I don't do that crap. No, they win. They win. I'll bet you five bucks if you want to. If you want to bet, I'll bet you five bucks. No, all right, all right. Well, I uh, I uh, I don't have five bucks on me right now, but we may have to figure something out there because I I think it would be fun. I think that it's uh, fun, entertaining for individuals to place bets on uh, games, whether it's a college or whether it's NFL or the pros or even whether it's a high school game to have a fun bet. And you know what happens behind the scenes, whether it's legal or not, that people, like you said, you know, you place a bet with your friend, you place a bet with your siblings or or somebody else, that you're going to do it anyways for government to say, no, you're not allowed to do that, I find a little insane. Because then we turn into what we kind of had a conversation about yesterday on our Voice of Reason program, is that they legalize it, but they put all these restrictions on it, and they want to tax it, and they want to regulate it. And then they say, well, you can do it, but there's a problem here, so we're going to use the taxpayer revenue money that comes into the state in order to create rehabilitation programs and then, oh, we're also going to fund education or we're going to fund this program or that program. And it turns into, well, now we're dependent on the money, so we don't want you to do it, but we kind of need you to do it because we're dependent on that money, which is what happens with cigarettes and cigarette taxes, which is what happened in Colorado with medical marijuana and recreational marijuana, where don't do drugs, kids. But the books that you got now are funded by the taxpayer money and the tax revenue from the marijuana in the state of uh, Colorado. And sports gambling is going to turn into the same thing. Now, here in Kansas, we don't get nearly as much money. The casinos make the majority of it. And I say good for them because it should stay in the private sector anyways. But the government is getting a little bit. uh, If I remember correctly, the number that I saw was that if we place a million dollars worth of bets in Kansas, the government would get about $100,000 of that. So not a whole lot compared to the grand sum. So, Sean, I love it, my friend. I appreciate it. We may have to place a fun bet coming up here as well. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm fine. First of all, I want you to thank your station ownership for that Mm 99.7-4 because uh, I have have three HD radios, and uh, downstairs... I have a lot of electrical interference. Now, the 1480 uh, AM signal is beautiful, beautiful, but when you're downstairs with a lot of electrical stuff like that, it doesn't come in. But the uh, 99.7-4 is beautiful, so thank your ownership. It is wonderful. So it is coming in loud and clear then for you. Oh, heaven yes. Do you have an HD radio? I do not. I need to get an HD radio because I, I can't even listen to my own station on the HD channel right now. I, so I, I need to get one. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Andy? I have three portable ones. And sometime this week, if you'd like for me to, um, I'll give you one because I don't need three. Well, hey, would I would you like to have one. I would love to try and check it out. I, I'd feel very high tech. I need to get myself into the 21st century here. So, yeah, for those that don't know and may not have heard the promos of the liners on the station, is that, yes, yeah, so now 1480, we used to have 102.5 as the FM. We no longer have that because that is now our Spanish station, La Raza. 
at 102.5. So we are back on the FM. If you have an HD radio, either in your car, like Frederick, like you said, with a portable HD, that now we are on 99.7 HD4. Now, if you just go to regular 99.7, that is our classic country station, Hank FM, that we also have as well in the building, just a couple studios down from me right now. But if you go to the HD channels, we have HD2, which is, again, our Spanish station at 99.7 HD2. HD3 is our sports station at KGSO with Fox Sports and with all of our local sports talk programming. HD4 on the 99.7 frequency is us here on KQAM. So you can listen to all of our stations on the HD, and I'm glad that they're coming in nice and strong for you. That's fantastic. Yes. I'll tell you what, Monday I'll drop by one uh, at the station for you, and it's, it's, it is a portable one, plus it also has that AC adapter, and it's it's nice. Okay. I love it. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're able to get it. Are you watching the Super Bowl this weekend? Okay, the Super Bowl. Um, first of all, I'm not going to watch the beginning of it because <laughs> of the controversy on the Pledge of Allegiance and all that crazy stuff. Yes. And I'm not going to watch the halftime. But because it's the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I will watch it. But other than that, no. Interesting. Okay? And, and see, that's the thing. Now, I've, I've been concerned about watching it as well, and I haven't watched any games because of the wokeness from the NFL. However, I did see an article from Breitbart News that said that uh, this game is getting some more publicity because both head quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, are strong, devout, religious Christian individuals and that they're bringing – uh, some of that back in the, there was a big article from Breitbart with their opinion on how they're bringing back some of the civility back into the NFL because of their faith and values and how they present themselves in the NFL franchise. So, you know what, if there's any game to watch uh, along with supporting the hometown team with the Kansas City Chiefs, then I guess that would be the team to watch and the game to watch. Sure. Now, uh, as far as that, um, as far as that balloon that, for first of all, I like to comment on the one that flew over the United States. Yes. Uh, Biden screwed. Andy, <laughs> Biden screwed up royal. He should never have ever let it fly over the United States. Okay. Period. He should have shot it down. Yeah. Uh, and as far as that crazy thing up in Alaska. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is some little green man up there. I don't know. Maybe a little green man has a, has a little remote control um, flying balloon that he's out there on sitting on an iceberg, just uh, flying it around. Who knows? Hey, I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, they, they, the fact that they won't tell us what it is, it's just a flying object that was 40,000 feet in the air, the size of a car, uh, which means it's relatively big, but yet it's smaller compared to some of the other stuff up there. And they not telling us what it is, but they shot it down because it was a threat. I, I have to lean towards either. It was, um, some type of Chinese program. But again, it's, it's flying from the north, which is strange. So either it's coming from Russia, and it was a Russian uh, type of equipment, or it was a UFO. And, of course, I have to lean towards the UFO, in my opinion. <laughs> now, um, now, honestly, and deep down in my heart, this is what I think is going on. I think the fact that China is going to invade Taiwan, mm. I think the fact that they sent over and we shot down those balloons that they're going to say they're justified in shooting down whatever they want to shoot down. If we try to interfere with their taking over of Taiwan, Taiwan. Very well. Could be. They're testing the waters. Yes. They're testing the waters and they've talked about, they want to do it. And the fact that we've handled the Russian Ukrainian incident horribly. Now we're probably going to handle that one horribly as well. And, or we're just going to get into world war three. Who knows what's going to happen here? 
there's not going to be no World War Three. I mean, don't even don't even worry about that. Well, that's good news. Okay, I love it. Anyway, Andy, uh, I'll drop by that radio on on Monday for you. Then you can listen to your ninety nine point. Uh, actually, it's 99, 1, 2, 3, and 4. They're coming in beautiful. And another thing I like about it, now like I said, your 1480 is beautiful signal, but when there's a lot of electrical equipment around, et cetera, like that, it's a little bit staticky, yeah. but it comes in beautiful. I love and it. And it's very easy to tune. I anyway, Andy, you have the most beautiful day, sir. And you take care of yourself, and I'll drop it by Monday. Okay, sir? That sounds wonderful. Frederick, I appreciate that very, very much, my friend, and looking forward to checking out those HDs right there. There it is. Appreciate it. I want to get your thoughts. Have you listened to the HD as well? As we continue to expand and grow here on KQM, got to take a break real quick. Lots to get to today. It's going to be a jam-packed program here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. back into the program. By the way, if you are interested in some of the talk regarding the Super Bowl, we do have our very own local program talking about some of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Super Bowl coming up at 3 o'clock over on our sports station, KGSO. That's 1410 on the AM dial, 93.9 on the FM, also on that 99.7 HD3. From 3 to 5 today, two-hour program, we'll be talking about that with the Red Kingdom. They'll be holding that program. Got to take a break. Bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Elizabeth Patton with Americans for Prosperity right around the corner on Candace Talk on KQAM. It's time to tell him he's wrong. At 316-721-TALK. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not wrong on this program. We just bring the reason, common sense, and rationale. <laughs> That's what we do. Welcome into the show. It's Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Lots of stuff to get to. We have some legislative bills that we'll discuss in hour number two. There's one bill that apparently the legislature is looking at raising the age of smoking cigarettes to the age of 21, or else they're concerned about losing some federal government grants on certain programs. So we'll get to that and get your thoughts on that. Are we raising the age of adolescence older and older and older, or should we be doing it anyways? Because, well, they can't drink until 21, so let's just make it straight across the board. I want to get your thoughts on that. We'll do that a little bit later on the program. Also, going on right now is the state Republican convention, and it's apparently going to be a brutal one. We're going to see if we can get somebody on from uh, that's actually up there at the state convention this morning and give us an update as there's an election on the leadership for the state chairman for the Kansas Republican Party, and it sounds like it might be a brutal election, and we'll talk about some of that coming up here in just a bit as well. But I want to shift gears a little bit. As you know, last week we had on Ellen Cobb, the Kansas Chamber of Commerce. They presented a bill and been working with the legislature on a potentially, he didn't call it that, but I like to call it a flat tax here in the state of Kansas, consolidating all the tax rates to 5%, uh, writing off the first $15,000 of income, and then being able to simplify the tax code here in the state of Kansas. Democrats obviously not liking it because, well, the it would uh, lower the tax rates on rich people. And they said it would tax individuals more on the lower income scale, but it really wouldn't because 
the first $15,000 is non-taxed, just like the current system that we have right now as well. So it really doesn't change a whole lot for anybody lower than whatever the highest tax bracket is in the state of Kansas. But we also have conversations about the budget, the Democrat Governor Laura Kelly's budget proposal, Medicaid expansion, and a heck of a lot more. Really happy to have on the program with us here. It's good to get her back on to get an update from uh, Topeka and what's going on with the session. She's the State Director for Americans for Prosperity, one of my favorite organizations. Excited to have back on here, Elizabeth Patton. Elizabeth, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Living the dream. It's always good to talk with you, and happy 2023. Man, you guys have kicked off this year with a bang. I mean, it seems like all the conversations that I've seen, the vast majority of the conversations, have been tax rates, cutting taxes, getting rid of tax on sales, uh, sales tax, and then figuring out budgets. That's on your guys' forte here. You guys have been busy this year. We have been, but we're really excited. Uh, to your point, I think there is a ton of opportunity to make sure Kansans are keeping more of their hard-earned money, and that's how it should be. That's exactly how it should be. Now, I know this has been being pushed by Governor Kelly. She's been on the campaign trail still, really, and just still stalking people in the grocery store with an axe in her hand saying she wants to axe the tax on food, and she wants to do it immediately. We already saw a 2.5% reduction on sales tax on food at the beginning of this year. Do you think by the end of the session we're going to see it eliminated completely? You know, that's very possible, and I think that's on the table. But part of our point with that is, sure, that's fine. But if we're really going to make substantive uh, reforms to our tax code, which we should do, um, we we need to make sure we're lowering the income uh, tax for everybody as well, which increases your buying power. So it just all across the board, that's fine, but we shouldn't forget uh, the opportunity to make sure we do as much as we can within reason. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's a good step. Like, thanks for that, but there's some bigger fish to fry here because it seems like for her, when she really talks about long-term relief for individuals, she wants to send out a one-time stimulus paycheck as opposed to really lowering taxes that are really beneficial to individuals. Why aren't they on board with this flat tax concept here? That would make it simplified and easy, and yes, even cut taxes for some individuals in the state. Why would be they be against that, but they want to immediately relieve us on sales tax on food? You know, I, I think to your... Honestly, <laughs> I think it's their marketing ability to say, ax the tax. I mean, that sounds great, right? But if we're really talking about transformative policy, um, everyone should go to fairsharekansas.com and you can plug in right there to see how much you would save if we went to a single rate flatter tax that lowers it for everybody. The state can afford it. It doesn't put us in a, a budget quandary. It's, it's a way that um, gives us some long-term sustainable tax relief. And also we'd love to see in there something that buys down the rate so that as, as our state's economy grows, your taxes just naturally get lower over time. It's great. We've seen it done in North Carolina. We want it done here in Kansas so that at the end of the day, the priority is making sure that Kansans are not overtaxed. Mm. Uh, but we think that should be done first and foremost with the income taxes. I love that. That sounds like a great idea. We're talking with Elizabeth Patton, State Director for Americans for Prosperity. Let's talk about the budget for a second. We have a surplus right now. I I say that with hesitation because I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm assuming that a large portion of this um, a surplus that we're seeing in the state is uh, from some of the leftover money from the COVID-19 stimulus money that came in from the federal government. 
where we're sitting here trying to figure out what to do with a lot of it, hopefully not expanding the size of government to where we're going to be in a debt uh, down the road once all that money runs out. But the surplus that we have, what are we going to do with this, do you think? Are we going to set it aside in, a, in an emergency fund, in a safety net? Are we going to invest it in certain departments and agencies? What do you think is going to come about this at the end of the day? What I hope comes out of this, there, there's a lot of ideas going around, all of the above, right? Um, we have money in our rainy day fund for the first time in a long time, which is great. And last year, the legislature did a great job um, putting more money into CAPERS and stabilizing pensions even further. That was a really smart fiscal decision. Mm. Um, and now I think it's time to use it to cut taxes and make sure all Kansans benefit from that. Uh, and I think that puts us in a holistically really smart place. And and I think some of that money is from the federal government. But at the same time, you know, Kansas is in, depending on how you measure it, either in the top 10 or the top five uh, most h- highest tax brackets. And I think that doesn't line up with where we want to be as a state. And we need to right size that and be smarter with how we budget. Um, we found about $819 million of what we have classified as probably waste or things that could pretty easily be right-sized without changing much of anything in state government. Um, and, and we think they just need to take a little bit of a harder look uh, so we can possibly even do all of the above. Did I hear that right? $819 million that we're essentially wasting by not having it uh, run efficiently at the, at the state level? Correct. That is that is about the amount we found. <laughs> yep. Wow, that blows my mind. I knew it was yeah. going to be some, obviously, because it's government, but for that much, that that blows my mind a little bit. That's almost the amount that they want into a, uh, a safety net of close to a billion dollars. I mean, just by cleaning up some of the wasteful spending, we'd almost have that right there. Absolutely, we would. And, and it all goes back to, over the last 10 years, the state budget has grown and grown and grown. Once again, Laura Kelly proposes the highest budget ever, and we just we need to make sure that the agencies who are asking for money, we have something called performance-based budgeting in Kansas, but it's going to require some harder questions by the legislature when they're putting that budget together to make sure that those outcomes that the agencies say they're trying to meet are actually being met. And in a lot of cases that we found, they, they aren't, and yet- they maybe um, their efficiencies or their programs went down a percentage, but their budget increased in some instances by 30%. And that doesn't make sense. That doesn't, we're not getting our bang for our buck from taxpayers. No, not at all. Uh, speaking of, I mean, there's a couple big issues that have been discussed over the last couple of weeks, including education, which is always a big one. Right now, we're spending what, close to $17,000, $18,000 per student, which is absolutely insane. Because yep. I remember when I started in radio back in 2015 here in Kansas. Then uh, we were talking about how it was shattering records, hitting $11,000 per student and how it was the same amount as a private school in the state. Now we're talking at almost $20,000 per student. I'm sensing a lot of wasteful spending and I haven't seen any increase in education quality or graduation rates or test scores or anything. No, we actually have really flat achievement outcomes over the last several years. And that is of great concern, especially when you see the increase in education. The question is, where is it going? It's, it's, it's not getting into the classrooms where it ought to be. Um, unfortunately for teachers, they've got such a hard job. And I, I just don't think that's been uh, right-sized well by most districts. But, you know, what we're proposing is out of that 
to your point, 17, 18, gosh, almost $20,000 per student, that about $5,000 of that base state aid with no strings attached um, is able to for parents that want it. If you don't want it, no big deal. But if parents want it, they can use that in an education savings account and put that towards whatever education model makes the most sense for their kid. Really think outside the box and use that for homeschool curriculum, private school tuition, tutoring, um, perhaps even um, um, tech tech school. Just anyway. Oh, I love that idea. I didn't even think about that, even tech stuff. I was thinking more of the, uh, you're right, the homeschooling or going to a charter school, a magnet school, a private school, having those opportunities, the competition. I can only imagine that the teachers' unions and the school boards are losing their minds over this idea. You know, they they don't love it. You're right. (laughs) Uh, My my response is, hey, if you're you're afraid that people are going to just leave en masse, then that's a very different conversation we need to be having. Um, if, if you're concerned that if people have the ability um, to make a different decision for their kid because that's what's best for them, um, that that will result in a mass exodus, then we have, we have, a, we have a very different and serious problem here. Um, I think the reality of it is just there are some families who have kids who either learn differently or, 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 or want different opportunities, and we're wanting to make sure that no matter what, uh, every family has the opportunity to pursue that for their kids. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Elizabeth Patton, Americans for Prosperity. Last couple minutes here as we uh, kind of wrap things up. But this last week, Governor Kelly has officially presented her proposal as well on Medicaid expansion, saying that we'd be losing millions of dollars from the federal government if we don't actually get on board with this and make this program happen. I- I'm curious on how expanding a government program that would cost taxpayers more money is actually saving us money in the long run. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. And truly, when we've seen it borne out in other states, what they've seen is their state budgets just ballooning. And they've seen waste, fraud, and abuse in that program by upwards of 20%. For comparison, in traditional Medicaid, um, there is waste, fraud, and abuse of about 3%. So quite a bit difference with the expansion population. Um, and you know we're all we're all taxpayers. We all pay federal taxpayers, so that's that's our money. So um, it's just it's not free money, and it 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 just isn't what they are saying it is. There was a report that just came out actually in Mississippi that talked about how um, Medicaid expansion was not the solution to help um, resolve closing hospitals in the rural part of the state. That wasn't the answer. Um, we've seen the fact that when for every in states that expanded Medicaid, for every dollar they spent on Medicaid expansion, it cost two dollars and eleven cents from the K-12 budget. Things like that. It's like it's just not the smart way to use our taxpayer dollars when we could instead pursue personal options that increase access to care and and help people without uh, without putting government in the way. And it's Medicaid is a failing program across the country and and I I don't wish a failed program on anybody. Let's let's get better um smarter healthcare options. Yeah. What a concept. Just like education, bring in some more competition with some more insurance companies, raise the quality, lower the prices and then voila, we fix the solution without having yeah. the government be part of it. 
Absolutely. 100%. What a concept. I love it. Elizabeth Patton, <laughs> Americans for Prosperity. It's it's so common sense, but yet it seems like that's we're banging our head against the wall trying to uh, drill that into individuals' brains. Last question for you, and it's the most important question of the entire day and the entire interview. But coming up tomorrow, do you have a preference on the Super Bowl, and are you watching it? Oh, absolutely. Chiefs Kingdom all the way. Um, I said it before to my friend, my colleague in Pennsylvania. I said Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback on one leg than any other quarterback in the NFL on two. Ooh. So I think we've got this in the bag. There it is. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right, so the bigger question is, are you going to be putting any money on it now that sports gambling is legal in the state? It is, and I think some of my friends are. I haven't gotten down. I, I haven't tried that yet, so right. I'm not. But uh, I'll be making some soft pretzels and veggie trays, and it'll be a great time. There we go. There we go. Apparently not any eggs or chickens because, you know, that's uh, just three times more expensive than what they actually need to be. So I like the veggie tray idea. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good one. Elizabeth, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight in Topeka. What a year we're going to have. Hopefully we see some good stuff come out at the end of it. We'll get you back on and get another update here soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You as well. Appreciate it very much. All right, we're going to take a break. Wrap up hour number one. That's Elizabeth Patton again, Americans for Prosperity. Also, check out the website she mentioned. If you want to see how much you're paying and contributing to certain programs in the state, go to the website at fairsharekansas.com, fairsharekansas.com, and you can see how much you are contributing to that system. All right, got to take a break. Wrap up hour number one. When we come back, we'll have our update with the AARP. Hour number two, Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma will play that interview. Also, we'll get some updates on the Republican convention in Topeka going on right now. And should we raise the smoking limit for cigarettes to the age of 21 in the state? Lots to get to. Right back here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker, KQAM. talking again with the AARP Withers the Fraud Watch Network Retirement Calculator getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Mary's back on the line with us this week. Mary, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for asking. Yeah, always good to chat with you. It is Valentine's Day coming up next week, so happy Valentine's Day to you. What also means that individuals that may be celebrating on the single level, they may be uh, open to the opportunity of romance scams across the state of Kansas. What's the latest that you guys have heard? Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of people out there who are looking for love, either online or on a dating app, and and it, it's great if they can find somebody, but unfortunately, we know that a lot of people are getting scammed by um, con artists on these websites. We want to make sure that people are very, very careful when they connect with somebody online. Yeah, that is true. Uh, whether it's chatting or there's a, there's a lot of them right now that uh, it's emails as well. It's not just uh, you know, they may chat with you on the phone or online chatting, but there's so many different ways they try and reach out and actually contact you. Yeah, like, um, for example, you may be playing an online game and then something pops up, something wants to connect with you, someone wants to connect with you. Um, we have a story from a woman who called our AARP Fraud Watch helpline um, she was so embarrassed. She said, I, I, I can't believe I fell for this, but some, uh, she got an invitation on Facebook and she said, I never, ever, ever respond to those, but he kept asking. So I finally did. And, um, yeah, she, she became very close to this person. They chatted online. 
he asked that they move to a different platform so that he could just it could just be between the two of them, which is a red flag. Um, he told her he lived abroad, so they couldn't meet, um, but got to know her, introduced her to what she thought were his family members, his kids. Um, then all of a sudden he needed money. Sure. And he said he had money, but it was tied up in bank accounts because he was overseas. So could she help him out? Well, of course, by this time, she thinks she's in love with this man, and she helps him out. And um, it, it goes on from there, and, and she ended up losing a large amount of money, or life savings, actually. And um, so so we want to make sure that, that people know that it's, it's, they have to be careful. They have to make sure to listen for their red flags, which are moving from to a different platform. If they ask for money at all, yeah. that should be a clue right there that, um, it, you know, if it's a romantic relationship, they shouldn't need money. Yeah, that is very true. How scary. They do. They go to no ends, and they put on such a facade for so many individuals. So where you do, you trust them, and you can even talk to them over the phone, even though it's not that same person. It's scary how far they'll go to get this information or, like you said, to be able to get money out of you. Yeah, and in fact, this this person gave her a, a picture of himself that they found in the end was was not him. Um, they they use pictures online, and you can go online and check out and see if you can find those pictures. He showed pictures of his kids that weren't his kids. He even went so far as to give her a copy of his bank account, you know, fake bank account that showed all the money he had, so that he could assure her that that he had the money he just couldn't access it so um it, it, it's very very sad and and we really want to make sure that you know people who go online um just just be be wary be careful and and know those red flags yeah absolutely are there safe websites versus non-safe websites or as you mentioned is it just uh, wherever you go just make sure that if they're trying to lead you to a secondary uh, website or somewhere else that's really the red flag you need to be cautious of yeah it's really it can be anywhere they can pop up on any of those sites online on facebook dating apps anywhere the the, the scammers are going to pop up wherever they think they can make a difference so um it, it's just you have to be careful wherever you go and you know one thing folks um, we, we'd like to recommend that they talk with their family and friends when they've met somebody online and just kind of say, hey, I, I, I think I'm in love with this person, but um, what, do, what do you think? And, you know, just reach out to somebody else. Don't be so embarrassed that you just keep it to yourself because these people, you know, they can fake phone numbers of where, they, where they're located. They can even do um, voice, there's voice changing technology. They can make you, they, you know, make you sound like a different kind of person. So there's so many tricks to their trade um, that you really have to be on the lookout. And of course, uh, as this woman did, we encourage people who are experiencing this or they know someone who, who might need to talk to somebody, um, not a family member, um, that they should call our Fraud Watch uh, helpline. And that's at one eight seven seven nine zero eight three three six zero, and we'll have folks on on hand that can talk them through it and help them know where to go from where that where they you know from here. Good, I love it. Always on guard. Always have to be on guard, especially when you go into new territory or if you're chatting with individuals online. We got a little bit of time left here, but talk about what else is going on with the AARP. Obviously, tax season's around the corner. I know you guys are working on some of those, some of the other events going on in the community. What else is going on with you guys? 
we have our tax aid volunteers around the community. And if people need to find a location and, and set an appointment, they can go to kstaxaid.com. Um, and that's just for the state of Kansas. Um, we're excited to bring our Friday concerts back. And so we're going to have the next three Fridays, we're going to have concerts on Facebook. And, and those will be recorded and placed on YouTube. So they can get them on our AARPKS Facebook page or YouTube channel. Um, and we're excited. Movies for grownups are coming back. You know, we still have the virtual movies that people can can watch from the comfort of their home. And those are always um, on our website, on our events page. But we're also having a movie in Wichita on February 23rd. Um, and people can go on our website and find out more about that and get registered. Awesome. Always great information. I love it. AARP.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Mary, we appreciate it very much. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll chat with you guys again next week. Thanks, Andy. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. There it is, our number one wrapped up. Lots more coming up right around the corner here on KQAM. Stay here. Truth Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. It is our number two of Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 on the AM dial. Also now on the FM at 99.7 HD4. If you hang out on the HD channels, you can listen to us there as well. What up? Welcome in. Happy Saturday morning. Getting you up and moving for another weekend. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. I don't know how we're going to cram it into one hour here. We have some legislative bills in Topeka we need to address. We have the ongoing... Republican State Convention going on right now in Topeka that we'll get to here in just a second. We may have a call in up in Topeka for an update on what's going on because it sounds like it might get a bit ugly over the next day as we go into the election of the new chairman for the Kansas State Republican Party. Mike Cuckelman from Johnson County area officially retiring and can we find the new face of the Republican Party essentially in the state of Kansas. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to play an interview as well with Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. We sat down with him just a few days ago as we talk about the farm bill. We talk about the debt ceiling. We talk about, I'm excited more so, not only with him being on the farm committee, because that's awesome, and the ag committee, but in working on the farm bill, but also he's on the, what is it? It's the uh, Science and Technology, Science, Space, and Technology Committee. Science, Space, and Technology as he talks about the partnerships that the government's doing with NASA and with SpaceX on their missions to the moon, missions to Mars, and yes, I ask him about UFOs as well. Why? Because why the hell not? He's on the Space and Science and Technology Committee, and therefore he should have an inkling on some of the information coming out of UFOs. And now that we see this object, and the government's still using it, the quote-unquote object being shot down in Alaska yesterday... Not knowing what it is, it's the size of a car, but not giving us any specifics. It's not a balloon. It came from the north into Alaska, which is very strange. It was moving then east and north again. Therefore, it was something floating all the way up to... I'm leaning towards the UFO theory. 
That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Hey, you know what? We haven't had a Roswell in a long time. It's time for another Roswell. This one's going to be in Alaska. <laughs> so we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to call us on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines, we'd love to hear from you. Also want to tell you about my friends uh, as well. With uh, over on our sports station, just give them a little bit of a plug. If you're getting ready for the big game coming up tomorrow, the Super Bowl 50, is it 57? Yeah, 57. All right. I want to make sure I got that right. I don't know, but if you watch it, if you're ready for it, we do have a program coming up today called The Red Kingdom. That's going to be on KGSO, our sister station on 1410 on the AM dial, 93.9 on the FM dial. Red Kingdom, that's from 3 to 5 this afternoon with our local conversation regarding the game. So if you want to get your input, we'd love to hear from you there as well. Also, with sports gambling now legal in the state of Kansas, then I'm curious on how many individuals are going to be throwing money down on the game. You know what, Jeremy, come over here for just a minute if you want to. I, uh, he's over there getting ready, uh, one of our guys from the morning show on KGSO, uh, to give kind of a quick breakdown on the uh, game because obviously me not being the most sports acclimated individual, I don't know the details, but I will be watching the game tomorrow. The first football game I've probably watched in three years. Uh, so I will be watching the game more so to watch the commercials and to see what the halftime performance is like, although I know it's going to be terrible because it's not any good music. But I'm curious on how the game's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting game. And first, I want to say thank you for inviting me onto your show, hey. even though it was not my intentions <laughs> coming in here today. Um, well, but no, I figured if I'm going to talk about the game, I might as well get someone <laughs> out that knows about it. No, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, you know, from our shows, uh, at least from our show in the morning, from what we've seen, it's kind of a even break of people think the Eagles are going to win and some people are, think the Chiefs are going to win. The Eagles are up a point and a half. In yeah, the, they're in the, up a point and right a half. Um, the over-under is 51, um, and that's kind of interesting in my point of view because teams have had two weeks now to prepare for this game, and for people to think there might be 51 points scored in a game, to me that seems pretty high i think it's actually going to be under that because i think both teams are going to be prepared for each other and understand what each team's trying to do um but it, it'll be a very interesting game I, I know a lot of people around here just want the chiefs to win yeah yeah i mean the hometown thing's kind of awesome so uh, that is good news that we at least have a hometown team i've seen a lot of red around town over the last couple of days so oh yeah exciting. everywhere you go i mean people are wearing chiefs and, and it's good to see that excitement i mean and have that here in kansas even though i'm not a huge chiefs fan okay. but interesting I, but it's still good to see that stuff um i'm one of those guys that you know um the chiefs are in the same conference that the team that i like is in so i want to see that conference win i want to see our side win afc um now i did pick the eagles to win mm. but the reason i did that is because most of the time on our sports show when i've been picking teams I'm the thing that is like the demon to all those teams, and they end up losing. So I thought, well, maybe I can shed that luck onto the Philadelphia Eagles. So right. we'll see what happens. Uh, your thoughts on the sports gambling? Have you heard a lot of people putting money on this? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because now with sports gambling here in Kansas, the cool thing is, is a lot of people can go out and do the prop bets. Like I heard a sports talk show today that they were talking about. Uh, a lot of people are at and, and this sounds weird, but are betting on what color is the Gatorade going to be when they splash the coach with it. And people are saying, is it going to be yellow? Is it going to be orange? Like what? Or is it red? You know, if it's the Chiefs, I'm going to say it's red. I yeah, bet they have I, red Gatorade. I, I don't know. What's you know, the favorite flavor of Gatorade that everybody likes? Well, I, I don't know, but, it, <laughs> but I don't know that it has to do with the flavor. Maybe the superstition of it, because, you know, yeah, sports guys be. are so superstitious. I mean, it, they, they are. They're all about it. That's interesting. I saw yesterday that total nationwide 
50 million Americans will yeah. be putting near $16 billion on this game. Oh, that, that does not surprise me one bit. That's the economy of a single state right there yeah, I know. that people are putting on in a single game. So that's fascinating that uh, now with 36 states legalized in sports gambling, Kansas now as of August of last year, that uh, that, that many people are going to be throwing money on it. I think I'm going to throw money on it just because I yeah. can now. Well, and the nice thing is, is you can watch the game and you can see each drive and you can kind of put money on that drive and see what's going to happen. Are they going to drive? Pump? Yeah, each drive. You can go through and it'll break down for each drive <laughs> and you can pick. Are they going to score this time? Are they going to punt? You know, you can, there's so many bets going on during the game that that's what's really neat is now if you if you understand how to do all that stuff. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm underwear. still learning, yeah. learning it. But, I mean, that's one of those things where every drive. And that's what, like, a lot of people enjoy during this time is just, you know, being able to pull out their phone, look at the bets, and make those bets as the game is going on. Yeah, I don't know that I can do that. I'm just going to choose who I think is going <laughs> to win the game, and I'll just keep it at that. Okay, there you go. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a good way to start. But I will tell you this. A lot of people say if you're just first starting betting, this is probably not the game to start with. Like, with a lot of money, if that makes sense. Okay. Because, my, my because of the spread is not like very much. Bucks, so. Yeah. Okay. See, you'll be fine. I'll be all right. But you know, if you if you look at some people, it's it's hard to believe that how much money like people put on games. Because I mean, you look at the national championship football college game. Um, the mattress guy, he put I think he put three million dollars on the national championship game, and he ended up losing it because I think he put his money on TCU. So I mean, that's. You think about it, it adds up pretty quick. If you get a few guys that throw in $3 million, your number, it doesn't take very long to get there. That is true. That's wild. Man, crazy to think about. Jeremy, I appreciate that very much. Your, yep. your prediction on the final score, what do you think it's going to be? So, I, the other night, I, or the other day, I, I picked you know Philadelphia, and I said it was going to be low scoring. I, I want to say I said something like 20, 23-20 or something like that. Oh I mean, my. so uh, I, I kind of picked that lower score. So, but we'll see what you happens. You just angered all the Chiefs fans listening. Yeah, I right know, now. I did. Yeah, yeah I'm not right. trying to. Okay, there we go. I appreciate <laughs> I, it, my friend. Thank you, Andy. Hey, good stuff. There you go. If you want to watch it, you can let listen to it, watch it. And uh, by the way, we will have our Red Kingdom program on KGSO coming up today at three o'clock this afternoon. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here and get into some other issues as well. You know what? What time is it? Let's go ahead and take a break first. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. When we come back, the state Republican convention getting set to kick off today, and it's going to be a doozy as we find the new leader of the Republican Party for the state of Kansas. We'll talk about some of that, the two candidates that are running, and the mindset right now. What is the biggest issue that we need to have regarding the state Republican Party? To you, what should the leader of the Republican Party in Kansas focus on? Is it the agenda? Is it the unifying of the party? Is it focusing on trying to help the national RNC? What's the big priority you think that they need to focus on to get done? I want to talk about that when we come back here. Plus, some other bills going on in the legislature as well. Lots to get to here on a Saturday for Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. minutes past the hour welcome back into the program moving right along for a saturday morning goes by quick man bottom of the hour we have uh, congressman frank lucas from the third district of oklahoma as we talk about some of the issues going on down there farm bill and more coming out of washington dc debt ceilings and a heck of a lot more uh right now though we do have 
the uh, state Republican convention going on in the state of Kansas. That is kicking off this morning. That was up there last night as well. And the big stuff happening today. This is the time. If any of you are interested in how the political process works, this is the time where the Republican Party discusses and debates what the platform of the party should be. It discusses where we stand on certain issues. It discusses... Hey, there we go. Uh, hold on. A, all right, we're going to get a call here. Yeah, let me let me get him on the air for just a second. I love doing this on live radio, right? Uh, but we're going to have a guest call in regard, uh, up there at the uh, state convention right now as they have the big election coming up for the new state Republican chair. And what is the big priority for you in the state Republican chair? See, I can't multitask. That's, that's us guys. We can't text and talk at the same time. <laughs> that's all right. We have a guest calling in that will be here in just a moment. Cedric County Commissioner Jim Howell, who is up there and just got up there. So uh, we'll get his thoughts. But as the election's coming up, what is the priority? What is the platform for the state Republican Party as we go into the agenda, the platform, and our elected leader and chairman, of the party, Cedric County Commissioner Jim Howell calling from live up there in Topeka. Jim, how are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm, I'm doing real well, Andy. Thank you for the chance to speak, and uh, good morning uh, from Topeka. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I wanted to give you a, just uh, to give you a couple minutes here. I know that this one sounds like it might be a doozy this year. Mike Cuckelman, the current chair, is retiring, stepping down, and the election seems to have a lot of people riled up up there. What's you? What have you heard uh, from individuals while you're up in Topeka? Well, this is unusual. I've been going to these meetings every year for the last 12 years, and uh, this is a, this is a state reorg meeting. We don't do that every, but every two years. And uh, this one, we have, I would call it a schism or a, or a faction. We have, I, I think, uh, you know, I just say this, the, the, the GOP is what we call the big tent. We have everybody from kind of the, uh, the liberal side of the uh, spectrum to the ultra-conservative side of the spectrum, and they... You know, when it comes to leadership, we want to bring everybody together because that's how we stand strong. We get our, we stand, we talk about principles, we move our ideas forward. Yeah. But this year, what I see is the, uh, the, the the parties being split, and some folks are calling the other folks, you know, moderates, or they're, they're calling them rhinos, and and uh, there's a lot of criticism within the party uh, to our to our own people, and so this uh, this is becoming more pronounced, and I think. What I see is, you know, we have a leadership option, and I, the real, the two people that are running are Mike Brown, who's a former county commissioner for Johnson County, a very good, very good guy, excellent commissioner, very conservative. We have Helen Van Etten, who has been our precinct committee woman uh, for the for a number of years, and a national committee woman, and uh, she has been faithful, conservative, uh, in the trenches, helping candidates for 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 a very, very, very long time. So they're both great candidates, but uh, I would just say that the faction, the way I see it is the Mike Brown group is is really focused on, uh, you know, calling out people on the on the left, and they are making a, uh, a clear argument that they, they, want, they want to stand by conservative values, but in doing so, they're tearing down part of the people within the party. And so that's, that's really what's going on, and, and I really don't know what to make of all that other than... Uh, I don't get the vote today, but I, I'm here to, to support Helen Van Etten. I, I like Mike Brown personally. He's a great man. I, I think he's been an excellent commissioner. I think he's got a lot of uh, value to the party. I hope he can, you know, stays engaged. But my, my focus is to unify, and I think there's a lot of folks that feel the same way I do. And I'm a little concerned about the fact that we're going to see some, some uh, may possibly even emotional uh, yeah. you know, splits that become a little more pronounced today. And I, that's what I think a lot of us are concerned about. 
I'm hoping that we can find some unity at the end of it, which, again, I, I praise the Republican Party for duking it out because we're very good at being able to duke it out and challenge each other on ideas and direction that we want to go and so on and so forth. I love the fact that the Republican Party, not just in Kansas but nationwide, is able to do that. What we're really bad about doing at the end of it, though, is coming together and realizing that it's the family bickering amongst each other during that time. But at the end of the day, then we're still a family and we need to work together at the end. And I've seen a little bit better unity within the party in this last election, although there were some that still were very off-putting with some candidates. But uh, I'll just throw the name out there. Chris Kobach's a very controversial candidate uh, overall. But I didn't see the hate from the Republican Party in this election against Chris Kobach as I have seen in other elections. So that's encouraging to me. And I think hopefully we're moving in that right direction when it comes to Republican Party unity, aren't we? Absolutely. And, you know, again, that's why that's why when we have uh, uh, primaries where they tear each other down, it's usually not good uh, after the uh, primary's over. We've got to come back together again. But there's people who get their feelings hurt that, that can't get back on board to the nominee to support them through the process. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, primaries are, are, can be kind of disruptive. And so uh, that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a challenge. This is a time for us to unify. And, and some of this actually goes back to you know the last primary election, where again you have you've got uh, people who supported with passion Kelly Warren over Chris Kobach and vice versa. Yeah, uh, we have people who support Dennis Pyle over our nominee Derek Schmidt for governor, and on it goes. And so it's time for us to get back together again. Um, but that those, those sentiments and feelings are still kind of raw. Sure. Um, unfortunately, uh, when you when you when you bully people and you tear people down. It's not a good leadership quality. And I think right now what, I, what I'm looking forward to right now is for, is for a leader that's going to bring the party back together. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a huge one. Uh, last question. we got just a couple of minutes left here, and I know you're about ready to walk in and get things going. But how many people are turning out? Is it a good turnout? And outside of that issue being relatively emotional, are people positive about the direction that the party's going, I think, moving forward? Well, this is probably one of the more well-attended uh, meetings I've ever been to. I mean, again, every – Every time we do a reward meeting, it's really well attended. But, you know, normally we have what's called delegates and alternate del- delegates. Yep. I think all of the delegates are here. There's going to be no need for any alternates. And this shows you the interest in this this particular convention is, uh, I'd say, is probably probably the best attended I've ever seen. Um, I do think that, you know, maybe on the national level, we see there's a, a great opportunity for us as a, as a party to move, to move our ideas forward. You know, I think right now we just got out of a – out of a uh, you know a, a even year election, so I think we're really just kind of picking up the pieces, trying to figure out what we're going to do going forward over the next two years sure. until the uh, the next even year election happens. And so right now, I think that the uh, the uh, focus nationally is very positive. I think within our own state, um, I think we're still trying to figure out figure out how we can get together. And I just I hate to say that, but the 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 the, the wound, we need to lick our wounds and get back together. But that hasn't really fully happened yet. And I can, I'll just say this, I, I actually witnessed, um, you know, verbal conflicts in public last night at the, uh, at the big uh, uh, reception oh, wow. we had. Normally it's just a time of network and get along with each other and, and show friendship and, you know, edify each other. And what we actually saw was people actually physically, you know, verbally at each other last night. So that's just kind of a, and let, me, let me make one other point. The second, you know, every district, before we have four congressional districts, the fourth district reorganization meeting uh, chaired by Debbie Looper was peaceable. It was uh, wonderful. It was short. It was, we all came together. But the second district, the Shawnee County district, it was seven hours long. Wow. And, 
he was not good. And I think that's the, that's the thing we're concerned about today. The, the second and third district seem to have, you know, Mike Brown's from the third district, and we have the second district with the seven-hour meeting. And the first district, you know, they, they just censured Jerry Moran. Uh, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things out there right now that, uh, that I would just say this is unlike most meetings. And, again, I think the GOP is the party of principle. It's, a, it's, a, it's one that we, we stand for freedom. We stand for personal responsibility. We stand for small government. We need to remember our values, come back together again, because even if you're in the party but you may not agree on, on some of these issues to the same degree that others agree, we, we're, we're, all saying, we're all the same team. Yeah. And we've got to get those people back together again, otherwise we all lose. Amen to that. It's going to be interesting to see, and the fact that it's already starting to rile people up last night, it's going to be an interesting night with the election. It being an alternate delegate, I wish I could make it up there today, but I'm not able to, but it sounds like they're not going to need me anyways with the delegate votes. So, Jim, uh, have fun, witness it, and we'll love to get a recap of it later on here, but uh, have fun up there today. Thank you so much. It's good talking to you, Andy. Hey, have a good day as well. You as well, my friend. Always a pleasure. That's Hedrick County Commissioner Jim Howell up there at the Republican State Convention going on today. And boy, it sounds like we could see some interesting fireworks go on, which is good and bad all at the same time. Maybe we can find some unity within the party, which we still don't have. Uh, but the fact that they have their uh, district meetings that went hours upon hours in Shawnee County, Wyandotte County, Johnson County, those areas that are relatively moderate, is there... A taking over of conservatives trying to rebrand it, trying to take over, or are they trying to swing it back further to the left? And what kind of unity could we find in the party from one extreme to the other? It's going to be an interesting conversation, and whoever takes that slot is going to have their hands full in making it all happen. We'll get some updates, and we'll talk to the new chair, whoever that may be, once this is all said and done. All right, when we come back, bottom of the air news right around the corner. When we come back, Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. We'll do that and more right here on Kansas Talk, right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Wichita's number one in talk radio. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last half hour of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. We'll continue to keep you apprised of what's going on up in Topeka with the State Republican Convention. Before we do, though, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon Appliance Repair. These guys are awesome. I know it's wintertime. It's still cold. And I tell you, uh, I like to work on things myself. I like to get my hands dirty at times. But when it's cold, man, I don't want to do anything like that. Heck with that. I get I get the experts. And these guys know way more than I do, obviously. So we have to call them in. But if you have any appliances to go out, maybe you had an appliance go out during the holidays with the Christmas or New Year's with friends and family over. Your oven goes out. Your refrigerator goes out. Your microwave goes out. Whatever it is. These guys, Napoleon Appliance Repair, they can get you fixed up. They were voted best, uh, Wichita Eagles best of 2022 when it comes to the appliance repairs. Check them out on Facebook, Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. You can find them on there. Find all their information. Also, give them a call at 316-409-1525. Mike and Mike, those guys rock it out there. We appreciate them very, very much partnering us here on KQAM and here on Candace Talk as well. It's Napoleon Appliance Repair. For all your appliance repair needs, go and check it out. From the old, reliable stuff to some of the new, technologically advanced stuff that I'm very scared to get myself 
because uh, the computer chip watches you, man. Uh, but if it's more efficient, which it definitely is, uh, whatever the type is, they can help you out. They can fix it up for you. It's Napoleon Appliance Repair. All right, I want to shift gears. As we sat down just a few days ago with Congressman Frank Lucas down in Oklahoma, going south of the border here from the 3rd District over in the western portion and the Panhandle areas, he talks about the debt ceiling, the Farm Bill, and the Science, Space, and Technology Committee that he is now chairing. What's going on in Washington, D.C.? This is what he had to say. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Uh, as good as anyone can be expected to be when you're working in the nation's capital. And yes, it has been too long since we've had a conversation, and there's all manner of stuff going on here from how we organized up for the new session of Congress, the new balances between the two groups on ratios and majorities, the farm bill and appropriations and debt ceilings, and there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, you guys started off with a bang this year for sure. I want to start off with the debt ceiling because uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, set to meet with the Biden administration today to talk about the potential spending cuts versus raising the debt ceiling. The Biden administration says it's a non-starter conversation to even talk about spending cuts when we've run out of money the third week of the month of January, we still have nine months to go for our budget for this year. Is there any opportunity that Republicans, that you guys can stand firm, that we can hold our ground? And even if it comes to a potential government shutdown, that we actually stop this madness of just raising the debt ceiling and spending massive amounts of cash? Well, the situation's so bad that something has to happen. And the first step, of course, is Speaker McCarthy going down and looking President Biden in the eye and making it quite clear that we cannot just continue to spend the way we spent money when Pelosi was Speaker of the House in the last four years. We just can't continue to do that. I don't know that I have a great deal of expectations of what have come out of this meeting, but at least the Speaker and the Republican majority of House have compelled, I won't say force, compelled President Biden to acknowledge that we've got to talk about this. Ultimately, what happens is we have to change the trajectory of spending. We cannot continue to operate like this. I don't know what what the ultimate terms or agreement will be. I don't know how many days or weeks or months it'll take to get there, but this is a battle worth having. Now, one other thing to remember, the Democrats will say, well, you're limiting our ability to spend money in the future. The debt ceiling is not so much about future spending. It's about covering all the hot checks that have been written in the past. All the money that was spent in the past now has come due, so to speak, to cover. We can't let the government default because if and it's and it's it it is protecting Social Security, yes, and it's protecting Medicare, yes, those programs that matter to our older citizens and our citizens who, who, who are at that stage in life where they can't change their lifestyle, they can't change their plans. But it's also making sure we continue to fund defense. It's continue to make sure we continue to fund the Department of Ag programs. But where we are right now is unsustainable. And the fact that President Biden says that we just have to keep this party going, <laughs> this wild spending party going, is impossible. So yeah, go get them, Kevin. Go get them. That's what we Let's need. make a difference. Because that's where the future is, is what we can get done with these people. Well, the problem is, is that we right now, we're spending at 100% of the GDP. So we could take every penny from every man, woman, and child in the private sector just to barely pay off our debts in the nation right now. Just, what, 20 years ago, we just saw that we capped it. We weren't allowed to spend more than 40% of the GDP. Now we're at 100%. If we raise it up even more, we're sitting, We're going to be sitting at near 130 140% 
of our GDP the in the private sector. That's we devastating. Went, last time we went through these kind of gyrations, uh, Speaker Boehner was able to negotiate an agreement on capping spending for a 10-year period. That's now expired. We have to get back into some kind of an agreement on limiting overall spending in order to change the trajectory. Uh, I've been here long enough that in the late 1990s and right up until the day the the, the terrorist attacked New York's attacked uh, the nation's capital and New York City and brought that plane down in Pennsylvania, we were in the third three and a half years of balanced budget at that point. Thank goodness we had a Republican House and the Senate, a balanced budget. We can get there again. You can't just go in and cut out the 29% that we're spending over because what that would cause would be a rumble through the economy and through the financial services and with people that's not sustainable. You've got to change the trajectory. You've got to enable people by not increasing their taxes, I'd say reducing their taxes, and restraining regulations or reducing regulations. You've got to let the economy grow not spend the money and work your way back into balance. We did that for three and a half years. Apparently, Joe doesn't remember that he was in the Senate when that happened, but that's how you get back there. You can't shock the system. You can't repudiate your obligations, but we can't keep going the way we are right now. No, we can't. Well, it's okay. He doesn't remember his name half the time anyways either, so I guess we have that going for us <laughs> at the same time. Let's shift gears slightly to food and agriculture. Obviously, you guys are working on the Farm Bill, which I want to talk about in a second, but the economy obviously still having a devastating effect on food right now. We're seeing eggs at three, four times higher than what the, I've ever seen yeah. them be. The inflation just yeah. hitting the uh, the food market as a whole. Are we going to get better? Do you see some relief in the food market, meat prices, that sort of thing coming up here throughout the year? you got two problems that have been going on for the last two and a half years. One was, and I hesitate to even use the word that starts with C, that we had the disruptions in the food processing chains during the COVID mess, when literally you had packing plants shut down for brief periods of time, both beef and pork and, and poultry. That distorted the supply chain flows. Throw on top of that things like the war in Europe where Putin has invaded his neighbors in Ukraine that's driven fertilizer prices and diesel prices berserk and increased the cost of every fundamental chemical input uh, of seed. So you've got dramatically higher prices for producers. You've got a dramatically less stable supply chain for both raw materials and processing, and it's put us in this loop. This is a a part of why we have to pass a 23 farm bill with a functioning safety net that can meet the challenges of right now so that we can get back to whatever the new normal is going to be and prices will stabilize. And Oh, by the way, the inflation that's killing people on the farm and at home and in business, what is inflation? I don't care what the White House says. Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods and services. That's the fundamental definition of inflation, pushing it up. The goods and services will increase as we provide stability and certainty in the economy. We'll have more work done. We'll produce more widgets. We'll produce more pounds of hamburger, more pounds of pork chops, more pounds of, of, of chicken. But Getting a grip on the spending so you slow down that monetary supply is the other part of bringing it back into balance. I don't care what my liberal colleagues up here say. You can't repeal the laws of supply and demand. You can't, you can't make people do things that are not in their best interest, and that's why we're in the situation we are now. 
too much money, not enough goods and services, and people trying to protect themselves from this uncertainty. Yeah, that is very true. I know that last year we had heard news that you guys were a little bit behind on some of the Farm Bill conversations, but now that it's coming yeah. up for this year, are we getting ourselves caught back up? And what could we see coming out of this Farm Bill? What, thing, what, what drives me nuts is that we always see so much of it going into the Farm Bill, discussing more on the social programs, the SNAP program, that sort of stuff, as opposed to the things that we really need to focus on, which is for the agriculture industry and farmers across the nation. Absolutely. You had four years of Democratic majority in the House. So the focus of the committee was on, I would say simply, they wanted to talk about who could farm and how they should be allowed to farm. That's not how, that's not how you produce food and fiber. If you're worried about picking who gets to farm and you're concerned about making sure they farm the way the government wants them to farm, that's not productive. That's not in the best interest. That's just that's just not. So with a change in control, we went through some uh, some gyrations in the Republican leadership, picking our speaker. Sure. It backed us up a couple of months, but under Chairman G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania on the Ag Committee, and I'm on the Ag Committee this again this cycle after a little bit of a leave. Uh, we're back at we're back and moving forward. We're running a couple months behind. The ideal goal would be as G.T. has expressed in my presence and many public meetings is, spend the first half of the year doing the hearings to see what worked, what didn't work in the old farm bill, to figure out how all these new input costs and these new processing issues are affecting production agriculture, real farmers and ranchers out there in the field, then go into the third quarter, probably July, and try and pass a draft bill. Then in September, if the Senate's done their work, sit down and come up with a conference report working out the differences to have something on the table by the first day of October before the old Farm Bill programs start to unwind. And they don't all quit the same day. Many Farm Bill programs reflect the crop cycle. So depending on whether it's corn or wheat or rice or whatever, the program runs with the crop cycle. So it won't all stop on October 1. Now that said, we've got to get through the debt ceiling issues. We've got to make the first pass across the floor with the 12 appropriation bills, the actual bills that fund the various things in the government. Uh, We've got to get all that done so we can then focus in the worst-case scenario. And I want to do a new farm bill this year because things have changed enough. We need to make adjustments. The world's not the way it was in 2018. But if we can't get there, then we may have to have a short-term or an intermediate extension I've been around here long enough, and I've fought through enough farm bills that sometimes we've extended a year at a time because, honestly, it's too important. The farm bill is just too important, not to just producers, but all consumers. Yeah. you got to get it right. A bad farm bill is worse than no farm bill, <laughs> and an extension, if that helps us get to a better farm bill, is where we have to go, but I just don't know that yet, timing-wise. Sure. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting. I know that the big holdup that's in D.C. as well, where I, I don't think people in the agricultural industry quite get, is the crop insurance and the field insurance for individuals during bad weather that destroys a lot of crops across the country. I mean, I know that's a major part of the farm bill that you guys want to focus on, isn't it? Crop insurance is probably the single. There, it, there's two versions of that. It's one is you take out insurance products to protect you from weather. You yeah. can't control what Mother Nature does. But by the same token, there's also price protection insurance that helps protect you from wild swings in world prices, because you, we, no farmer can control whether Putin's going to invade his neighbors or not in Ukraine. No farmer can control when the Chinese want to threaten their neighbors in the Pacific. 
with these these per, these insurance policies. And since 14, the basis of of the farm safety net on the commodity side has been insurance. You don't have to participate in the programs if you don't want. Unlike the old supply control stuff from 1933 to 1996, if you didn't participate in the program, you couldn't sell your product. You don't have to participate. But if you want to participate, you can pick the products that work best for you, and there's more than one set of products, and whether it's price or weather, buy the coverage that you need. A lot of times I point out to folks quite simply who have not been in farming, it comes down to what does your landlord and your banker think that you need because you've got to take care of those two people. I always tell folks crop insurance only matters to your landlord, your banker, and your father-in-law if you're young enough. Otherwise, nobody cares. But last track I had, especially the younger farmers and ranchers, or the ones starting out, you've got to have those three people with you, yeah. or you're not there. So, yes, we've got to get the safety net right. Crop insurance will st- and price protection will still be there. It's just at what, what level will the reference prices be, what will the value of the protection be, and until we have money numbers, work through the budget uh, issues, the debt ceiling issues, we don't have those numbers yet, so I can't offer any predictions about where we'll be, but everything costs more. Every input costs more, and everybody on the farm knows that. So you've got to adjust up from what we did in 2018. Sure. Amen to that. We're talking with Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. we got a few minutes left with you here, and I really appreciate all your time. Uh, you mentioned that you're on the board for the for the Ag Committee, which is amazing, but you're also now chair of the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, which I am so glad that we are able to talk with you about this one as well because I, well, I find absolutely. that fascinating. What kind of priorities do you want to see for this next couple of years, and what do you think is going to come out of this committee this year? I always tell my new members who join the committee, it's the fun committee. On agriculture, we don't have any choice. We have to get it right because <laughs> if we don't get it right, people go hungry. Yeah. Uh, on financial services, my third committee, yeah, you can argue about what interest rates should be, and you can argue about who should be the bankers and this and that and the other. But the science committee is the fun committee. It's it's space, uh, NASA back to the moon and on to Mars, stay ahead of the Communist Party in China. Uh, it's the committee with jurisdiction over all the research dollars, National Science Foundation. Mm-hmm. But there's a one particular of the many entities we have jurisdiction over that are important to us is the uh, NOAA, the Weather Service. Sure. People outside of maybe production agriculture or those who are involved in the energy industry don't truly appreciate just how important weather forecasting is, whether it's uh, telling you a tornado's coming in 30 minutes or a hurricane, if you're on the coast, is going to be here in a day or two, or just a, uh, will it be dry next year or the summer after. One of the things I point out to, to, the, to the non-country colleagues I serve with, weather is the single most important thing for a farmer trying to raise a crop or a rancher trying to raise his livestock. Why else do you think we've been buying farmer's almanacs since the 1700s? <laughs> yeah, those were kind of guesstimates, but the point is, Farmers have cared about weather since long before the founding of the country. So this is the com- the committee with jurisdiction over better, more efficient weather forecasting, and we're going to work really hard on that in this coming session. Good. That is amazing. I also love, like you mentioned, talking about space and technology, staying ahead of the communists, staying ahead of China and Russia with some of the space race that's going on. Uh, any conversations right now, which I was very upset a few years ago when they kind of moved NASA away from the government more into the private and kind of its own entity. I love us integrating both the private and the public sector oh, with absolutely. this because there, it's the new frontier. That's the most important thing, I think. Are we working is, with 
Yeah, go ahead. We are working with both public and private. There's so much work out there to be done. NASA is still going to build the big rockets. NASA is still going to do the super hard things like sending people back to the moon. We're going to, and establishing a permanent base and putting an orbiting gateway, an orbiting space station around the moon to work in and out of. We're, NASA is going to do the, the really complicated stuff of getting back to Mars and getting down on the surface. Will some of the private companies build landers and part of the equipment and part of the capsules? Absolutely, because NASA has always been an entity that's, that contracted out the the pieces for construction, uh, whether it was Apollo or Mercury, the Saturn rockets, uh, th- those kind of things. So it's a public-private partner relationship. I would suggest, and some of the folks I serve up here believe that it shall be, all be private. No, the East India Company and the Bombay Company, the old British Empire Enterprises, this is this is something where we need a public stake in the off-world. And if we are successful with the developing of fusion power, that's not fission power, the old traditional nuclear power plants, but using the mechanics of the sun and water to create uh, electricity. When we perfect that and miniaturize that, then you will see, maybe not in my lifetime, but in my grandchildren's lifetime, we will truly uh, be a society that will live off-world. Yeah. And by the way, America not only needs to be there, but we have to be there with our allies. You cannot let a totalitarian society, for instance, like China, control the off-world. And heaven forbid if Putin, the dictator in Russia, so-called president, if he had his controls on the off, hands on the off-world, you just can't let that happen. So yeah. it's, it, it, is our, it is our destiny, but it is also our responsibility to take our way of life and our views however far we go as, as, as a human race. Yeah, amen to that. Well, the nice thing is right now, at least from what we've heard, is that we're still, even though we have this war going on with Putin, the silent war and with Putin doing what he's doing, we're still, we still have a bit of a humanitarian communication and relationship with the International Space Station, which is good to hear. Uh, real oh, quickly, absolutely. Yeah, a time frame on when we could actually start seeing ourselves go to Mars. Is that coming up soon? Well, we're next year. We will be going back to the moon and orbiting, once again, testing our equipment. I would believe personally, I personally believe by 25 that it should be possible to land on the moon. Then from there back to Mars, on to Mars, we have to do things. There's a, there's a common, there's a term some of my friends and I use on the science committee about Mars 2033. I know that seems like a long time out, but the stuff you have to do, the, the complicated nature of supporting human beings off-world and in outer space is such that it's just going to take a little time. But also remember, in a practical sense, it will cause engineering and it will cause uh, it will cause science to push so hard in new areas that we will have things discovered and created for the Mars program that we can't even imagine now. Just as who would have guessed when the Mercury rockets went off in 1961 that led ultimately to Apollo landing in 1969, who would have guessed all the technologies that would come out of there from computer processing on down and communications? Who just could have guessed even? We're on that kind of a quantum leap forward by doing the hard things to get back to 
back to the moon and on to Mars. I love it. That's It's going to be one of my favorite committees to follow and watch you guys up there. Last question for you yes. before we let you go. It's Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. And this is the important question as well, being part of the Science, Space, and Technology Committees, is after the Omnibus Bill was passed in December, which was a ridiculous, absurd bill, but there was one yes. interesting piece in it that some of the uh, more underground agencies would have to start relaying information based on ETs and UFOs. Are you going to be relevant in understanding, get some of that information, being part of this committee, and will we get some information on ETs and UFOs? Let's just put it this way. The Science Committee participates in some of the classified briefings. We're not prime core like intelligence or Homeland Security or or the, the, the armed services, but I will just tell you that the briefings I've been to are fascinating. Nothing to stay awake about at night. But fascinating. Fascinating. All right. Well, hopefully we can get some more. We'll, we'll get some more information from that one as it goes along. As I can, we will. I love it. I love it. We're going to hold you to that one. It's Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. Congressman, always great stuff. I appreciate everything you're doing up there. You guys are hitting the ground running this year, and we look forward to chatting again real soon, my friend. Talk to you then. There it is. That's Congressman Frank Lucas from the 3rd District of Oklahoma. We always appreciate his time. Gave us a lot of uh, time and information, and we appreciate that. Did you hear that? Did you hear interesting stuff out of that committee regarding that. I, I know, put the tinfoil hat on for just a second. I know you laugh at me for this. I don't care. We're going to be the groundbreaking, trend-setting ones to break the conversation on that, and we'll continue to put the pressure on them to give us that information. <laughs> we appreciate that very much. All right, that does it for us today. We're done. It's all, it's all over. It goes by way too fast. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy. Happy Valentine's weekend to you. If you're doing anything special with that significant other, even if it is just sitting in front of the TV and watching that game going on tomorrow, go Kansas City Chiefs. Let's have some fun with that one. And until then, back at it again on Monday as we have our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason. We have a lot of stuff to get to then as well. Always so much to talk about, so little time to do so. But I guess we'll just have to do it till then. Next weekend, we're back at it live again. We'll get some more updates. Hopefully, we'll have a new chair for the state Republican Party. We'll have some legislative updates and a heck of a lot more. We'll get your phone calls as well. Until then, be your own voice reason. Have a wonderful weekend. The Weekend with Michael Brown right around the corner here on KQAM. We'll see you then.